This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. This is Greg Gutfeld. This is The One. As you know, I absolutely despise Twitter, even though I'm on it. I hate everything, almost everything about it. It upsets me. It gets it, it. I offer a lesser version of myself on Twitter. I'm not as interesting or funny or brilliant on Twitter yet. There are reasons why I'm on Twitter, and it's maybe a few people that keep me going on Twitter. It's people who've somehow mastered what Twitter is supposed to be. One of the people that have mas- that's, that's done this is a guy named Ricky Cobb. He has uh, a Twitter account called Super Seventies Sports. Which is basically has three hundred thousand followers on Twitter. I love it. It just—it's an amazing, nonstop. What is going on over there, Ricky? What are those weird noises? <laughs> are you in an well, elevator? I, <laughs> I was actually in my car. I'm in the parking lot of the uh, of the college where I teach. Nice. I'm trying to move to a quiet corner of the parking lot. I didn't put my seatbelt. <laughs> The, uh, perfect. The nanny, the nanny ding. The perfect. Uh, so. <laughs> that is so perfect. I love it. You know, so I just want I was in, this is Ricky Cobb. He's actually a sociology professor at uh, Illinois Moraine. Is it Moraine? Moraine Valley. Yes. It sounds like it was. A, it's a made up name from a comic book like he <laughs> Moraine Valley Community College. But you're best known, uh, uh, oddly enough, and I'm sure you never expected this in your life. For your Twitter account, Super Seventy Sports. Now, how would you describe your Twitter account? Um, I, I would describe my my Twitter account sort of as my uh, sort of my id uh, running wild. I guess it's kind of my sports pop culture uh, side of my personality, and it's it, it's really become this sort of unexpected adventure, Greg, that I I never could have anticipated in my wildest dreams, and mm-hmm. suddenly <laughs> uh, suddenly here I am, uh, you know, sort of. Maybe reaching my uh, my telos. I'm, that was what my uh, philosophy professor used to talk about in college. That uh, <laughs> we're all on a trajectory to our to our true self. And I, I think for me, it took the uh, it took the dumpster fire of Twitter for me <laughs> to get in touch with uh, with with what I'm really all about. You know, it's so funny because I. Um... You know, I didn't know you were a sociology professor. What do you? What do you? What's your expertise, or what do you? What do you? What do you teach? Well, I'm a sociology professor, so <laughs> bull. <laughs> <primarily>. uh, <laughs> I, I'm a social observer, you know. Right. Now, my, my specialty is is basically just teaching. You know, yeah. I consider myself to be a classroom teacher. I uh, I'm not really a research oriented person. For yeah. for me, the dynamic is being in the classroom, trying to get students to to develop their critical thinking skills that's great and, and think for themselves not be lemmings and yeah. uh you know I, I definitely still enjoy that i i, I get older and uh, a little more cynical but it's kind of nice to have the perspective of uh of the young mind as, as naive as it is sometimes it, it kind of keeps me refreshed well i'll tell you um I love I love what you do on uh, it is so funny your Twitter account and I have a theory on why like 
I don't know your age. I'll, we'll get into that later. But like the why the 70s is so interesting. My theory is because you had limited choices, everything is awesome in a, like a super bad way. Like like it's so uniquely bad because you had only like you had three channels. You had limited options for eating. I mean, fine dining when you were young. Like remember when your parents would take you out to dinner in the 70s? That's horrible food. Like, everything we ate was terrible. And, like, we had, there was a few fast food restaurants that were, like, pizza places and McDonald's. And then uh, then you went home and there was ABC, CBS, NBC, a local channel, a uh, UHF channel. And everything was bad. But it was bad in almost like a – like, the way you captured it in your account, like, with 1970s professional bass player uh, – baseball player mustaches is bad but beautiful. Is that – am I making any sense – it, you are making perfect sense. It's uh, it, it's a beautiful, gorgeous catastrophe yeah. in a lot of respects. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I talk about Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut was a fine dining experience. I, I'm 48 yeah. years old. So there was a time, believe it or not, that Pizza Hut was a place that we would go in, we'd sit down, you'd put, some, uh, you'd put a couple of coins in the jukebox. Yes. You'd play a game of Pac-Man or, or Galaga. Uh-huh. And, uh, or Pong. You had the... I played pong. I played pong at Round Table Pizza. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I, in television, you're 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 on to it. I, I've gotten the question so many times of what is it about the uh, the seventies, and I think my shorthand answer is it's the shared experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're hitting on it when you talk about the fact that we, you know, what did we have four or five, six channels, maybe, yeah. and, and a couple of those were garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yet we had these televisions where you had the, you know, you had the top dial and then the bottom dial. Right. You know, there was like it had like a, it, you know, it went to ninety nine, and you know, there there were eight stations in America. <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't know what they were thinking uh, with all that. You, the only thing that you would do is you'd crank that bottom dial just to get that machine gun sound effect. <laughs> yes, you know what it was? They, they had, it was wishful thinking. They thought maybe this TV would yeah. would be around when they have more than four channels. Yeah. How, how many channels do you think we're going to need, Bob? I don't know. You know <laughs> screw it. Screw it. 99. 99. Let's do that. Let's it, play it safe. And you, your Twitter account, I mean, it is like it performs a service, I think, because – it reminds me of, of of growing up. I mean, like it, it triggers stuff because I'm 55. I was born in 64. I was 10 years old in 1974. When you show a picture of a frozen dinner, I know there's a lot of people that don't even know when they see a Swanson's dinner, but they all of a sudden you think of like when the peas used to float into the peach cobbler and how it would ruin everything. It's like I, I would just immediately – I'd send, spend 10 minutes thinking after seeing one of uh, – like just a picture of a frozen dinner on your Twitter account. Yeah, I mean I almost feel like I owe you an apology. <laughs> that's, bringing up some, that's bringing up some bad memories. It is. So, uh, it is. Uh, yeah, you know, not all, not all of the memories of the 70s and 80s are positive. But, you know, yeah. even, the, even the bad ones become funny uh, once uh, enough time has gone by. You get a lot of pleasure. Uh, you get a lot of pleasure out of the uniforms. Of uh, the baseball, what is your favorite? What is your favorite uniform, professional athlete uh, uniform of the seventies? Oh wow, all sports! And, well, you can you can just go football and then baseball um, and basketball. Okay. All right. Well, I can tell you there's there are 
a lot of strong competition mm-hmm. for, for that title. <laughs> yes. Me. Um, but I will say in baseball, at the end of the day, if there can only be one, mm-hmm. I've got to go with I've got to go with the Houston Astros oh. rainbow stripes. Yes, yes. I was going to go with that, or maybe the what, didn't the Expos have something easy? Oh, the Pirates. Remember the Pirates with the yeah. hats. The pirates with the with the the, the, the stove top yes. uh, Gettysburg address hat yes and and they were the, and they were really one of the first teams to mix and match yeah you know, they had the uh, they had those yellow pinstripes and then they had the canary yellow and sometimes they would wear black yeah sometimes it looked like they dressed in the dark yeah pinstripes to the waist up and then and then yellow uh, you, you know jerseys and whatnot so they were pretty crazy so it's. To be number one in the 70s, you really had to bring your fastball. But I, I love those Houston Astros jerseys yeah. because I think – and I think my favorite thing about them is for a period of years there in the 70s, they just wore the same uniform set home and road. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> they, they said, you know what? We've got the stripes. We look good. We, we're – why do we need? Why do we need a road jersey? Let's just go on the road and wear the same thing we wear at home. So <laughs> no. I always admired that as well. Do you think um, it's a product of our of of how old we are now? That I like. I don't think athletes today are as interesting as the athletes of the seventies. Is that just because we're older? Like, for, here's an example: when I was uh, a teenager in the seventies, uh, yeah, like, I guess yeah, I was sixteen in eighty. What I I thought all the athletes were so much older. They were like pirates, right? They were like actual Vikings. Like you, you would look at Conrad Dobler or Jack Lambert or John Matuzak, and these guys were men. They were like giant monsters. And now, like, I've, I guess because I'm old, 20, 25 years older than the professional athletes, they just seem so soft. And I think that that's got to be more about me than the, gener- than, the, than, the, than the decades, right? Or I don't know. <laughs> I think I think it's partly you, yeah. partly me, yeah. and partly all the guys that are in our age cohort. I think it's just part of life. You get older, and and, and you wind up kind of you know being the old man yelling at a cloud from right. the Simpsons, you know. Yes. But but having said that, I do think that there's something different about the '70s, certainly, but also about the '60s and about the '80s, even the '50s. I I grew up in a world where every decade was felt distinct mm-hmm. from the 40s to the 50s to the 60s to the 70s to the 80s. And, yep. you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I was watching uh, Dazed and Confused. Right. Great uh, movie. Great movie. Two, two nights ago. One of my favorites. And yeah. it came out in 1993. And it's about these kids on the last day of school in, in Texas in 1976. Mm-hmm. And the thing that struck me about it is I was watching the movie, and I've seen the movie a hundred times from is the fact that from 93 to 76, there was such a clear line of cultural demarcation yeah. between 76 to 93 that 76 really felt like a different world, mm-hmm. even in 1993, yeah. right? Whereas for me, if I look, if you tell me now to look back to 2002 or 2003 or 2004, I don't even know that I even really have a feel for what the nostalgia would be there. Yeah. Is the nostalgia that we don't have YouTube? Is the nostalgia that we uh, still have landlines? Is the nostalgia that I don't have a smartphone? I, I can't really find the it's, joke there. You know what's interesting? And, it, it, a lot of – when you think about – try to think about the music – of that era, so we were after. But it's, I think I think that era will always somewhat be defined by nine eleven because I was two thousand one. At least for for right. like when you go back. But I'm like I'm trying to think of the mute like the music in that era was like the Strokes 
or it was electronic electronica music. It kind of was like a temporary. There wasn't something like '76 and Dazed and Confused. That soundtrack, you know, you had Free Ride. You had the, you had Led Zeppelin. Who did Free Ride? Free Ride. That's the song from the movie. Um, ah, I can't think of the name of the band. Fog Hat. Fog Fog Hat. I think. Yeah. Yes, it's Fog Hat. Close with Steve Miller Band, but maybe but, free, was Free Ride like was that Johnny Winter or somebody? I, I'm being exposed here for things that I'm supposed to know. But uh, well, there was wasn't yeah. there a song called Slow Ride or is that Free Ride? Yeah. Am I thinking I'm Slow we're getting ride. our rides confused? But your uh, the point is ride, slow rides. I mean, yeah. we were riding everywhere in the '70s. Yes, and you know the thing is though. Okay, so you think about it. Like I kind of cut you off there, but like if you think about 2000, like at least like '90s, you can kind of think of grunge. 80s new wave, definitely new wave, and you think of the movies like Valley Girl, and you can hear the music. You can remember Nick Cage dressed up as a punk. You can hear, and the 70s was like that weird transition from uh, FM stadium rock, and then it gets into that kind of Van Halen, and then you have punk, and it's like it's it's an int- that era. I, it was, well, I think it had to do with my age. That's when I was like coming of age, so I remember it. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I, it makes sense to me, but then again, you know, maybe we need to ask somebody that's yeah. <laughs> under age 40, in yes. their opinion, but, but yeah. on the other hand, screw them. We yes. like to talk about this stuff. Exactly. But, Our stuff know, is better. Our stuff is so much better than their stuff. Objectively a fact. <laughs> yes. Sorry, ex- scoreboard. Yeah. Are there any athletes? Are there any athletes? Then they don't have to be great athletes, but athletes that, um, that kind of remind you of a time like i mentioned i always mentioned conrad dobler because he terrified me as a kid and he was was he st louis cardinals no st, yeah yes yeah absolutely yeah he was on the same offensive line with uh, dan deardorff yeah, oh right who i think i might have met once by accident but i don't know it might have just been a guy with another mustache <laughs> they all had mustaches <laughs> they all had mustaches i mean you couldn't that that was I mean, I think that there, it was actually a law there for a while. Yes, it to was. A mustache. Yes, and they uh, were big mustaches. They were big and they were bushy, and the best thing about them is they were unironic. Right. You've got all these hipsters running around today with their big mountain man beards and whatever, and they're completely faking it. Yes. They could, Conrad Dobler could have gone out into the wilderness for two or three months, subsisted just fine, and emerged five pounds heavier. Yes, and that's these true. These guys today are faking it. I Absolutely. And the other thing that I like about the old era is those guys, back in those days, aged I mean, they aged so much faster. Guys were just subsisting on Marlboro Red, yeah. whiskey, and you you had all these guys who were 29 years old, and yet they looked 47. That's know? right. That's and why they, they threw. That's why I thought they were so old because they they just yeah. yeah they and they smoked on the sidelines. They smoked in dugouts. I mean, it was just something you did. You know, you have to understand spring training used to be a necessary process because guys would go home for the winter. They'd put on 15 or 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. They, 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 weren't, uh, they, they weren't doing the Tom Brady TD-12 <laughs> method. Yes. These guys weren't doing Pilates. They didn't have personal <laughs> trainers. No. They, weren't, they weren't drinking kale shakes. Yeah. They were living life like the rest of us. You know, They were going to Pizza Hut and ordering the same crappy food that the rest of us were eating. And so they would arrive in Florida or Arizona in February, and they needed a month to get their bodies moving again. 
uh, you know, today's athletes, um, you know, I mean, yeah. they're pulling muscles that guys in our era didn't even know that they had. <laughs> These guys are so finely tuned that, oh, I'm sorry, you're out with an oblique injury. Yes. Hey, listen, I'm telling you this right now. I, I'm not in great shape, but in a related story, I've, I've never tweaked an oblique. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So, they probably, I mean, they must have played with so many injuries that you that you wouldn't do now, and they, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's it, it seems like such a far. Maybe it's, it's I'm I'm romanticizing, and I have so many great. Like the, I'm gonna tell you a funny story because I'm a Bay Area person, and Bay Area had great, great sports athletes. You had the Oakland Raiders, which were almost mythological, right? They were like, they were like Vikings. Just they were they were the Hell's Angels who learned to play football, right? Kind of. Absolutely. I, you know, I tweeted the I tweeted the other day. You know, we've we've had one Raider suspended for the season for a helmet to helmet hit. Yeah. We had another Raider who got penalized for roughing a guy up after a play. And I actually tweeted the other day that the Raiders being involved in in you know those kinds of shenanigans is is one of the few things that we can still count on. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I like it. I want my Raiders to be uh, to, to 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 be violent. I don't know what the cursing policy is on the show, Greg. We believe but it, but. I, 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 Okay, well, I want. I'm going to give you something to believe. I want the Raiders to be. Yeah, come on. Yeah, they're the Raiders. That's what they're supposed to do. The world needs villains. Now, do you remember yeah. though? Like they, I mean, it it got pretty dark at the like. Uh, what, do you remember Jack Tatum? And he actually wrote a book called "They Call Me Assassin." Remember that? Yeah. And he um, he he paralyzed Daryl Stingley. I think they ended up reconciling uh, our meeting or something. But it wasn't like Tatum. I mean, Tatum, uh, did he write that book after that? I think he wrote it after I, that. I'm not I sure. I believe it was after that. Jack Tatum, one of my favorite Jack Tatum quotes, probably my favorite Jack Tatum quote. I don't have a deep bench of favorite Jack. Yeah, yeah, I don't have the Jack Tatum companion yeah. at home you know, that I'm flipping through while I have a pipe. Yeah, yeah. My, the, the quote I love, and I think this was also after the Stingley hit. Yeah. He said, I like to believe that my best hits border on felonious assault. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, that's a guy that's leaning into it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? And that, I mean, he, it was, I that that just that team. When you think about it, you had Lester Hayes who covered his arms with stickum, <laughs> and was like breaking records and in interceptions until they said you can't do that anymore. You had Matuzak, who I think is he's dead, and I think he lived. I mean, none of these guys live very long. Lila Zato's no. gone. Um, Kenny Stabler just right. passed away, right? I think he did. Yeah, Kenny Stabler passed away a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, we've still got Cliff Branch passed away recently. We've mm. still got Freddie Bolitnikoff. Oh. You know, but a lot of a lot of those guys are, are are gone now. And speaking of Bolitnikoff, another guy that slathered himself. Yeah. In that nasty stickum. Yeah. Uh, substance, you know, back in the old days, uh, guys were looking for any advantage they could get. I'm, I've always been amazed that Lester Hayes never just in, intercepted a pass with his butt. Yeah, or something. Yeah. You know, just run, Lester. Where is it? You got yes. it, Lester. Go. Yeah. Because it was it it was insane. Can can you imagine? But it was a different world. Yeah. You know, when I was at, I went to college. Fred Belinikoff, I think, was working there. He was working. I was at Berkeley. He was. I think he was. Maybe he was a receivers coach uh, under. Um, oh, geez, what's the guy's name? Who was the coach? Joe Cap. Do you remember Joe oh, Cap? Yeah. Oh, tough, tough quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was the he was coach. A, he was a tough guy. Yeah, he was. A, I used to see him on campus. You didn't really say hello to him. <laughs> he was. He wasn't one of those guys you just went up and started talking to. He just kind of scared you. Yeah. I have. It's so funny because I. I love the. I was a. Uh, 
I wanted to, I, when I was going back and forth with you, I have to tell you this great story. Because I grew up with one of the weirdest teams, which is the, I would say, the, the mid-70s, late-70s San Francisco Giants. You had John the Count Montefusco, who was, a, was crazy. Uh, they never really won. Uh, and I, I was at a book signing, uh, I guess it was like a year ago, and there was this dude staring at me. And like generally, when some a guy's staring at me who's middle aged, I get the security. <laughs> I call this guy, and he's and, he, and he's like uh, he's just kind of staring at me, and he keeps staring at me, and I'm going. And so I go to my manager. I think this guy. I'm a little bit worried. So we walk outside, and he's a, goes to approach me, or something like that. And one of the guys says, "Hey, uh, we'll just take that for you." And he's got some envelope, and I open up the envelope when I'm in the car, and it's these signed uh, pictures of Daryl Evans. <laughs> And I go, why did he? Why did he give me this? Now Daryl Evans played for the Braves and the Giants. He's he was a journeyman, good, decent player. And I and I go, why did this guy get? And he goes, well, no, that is Daryl Evans. And I go, what? And I drew, I go grab the car. We go, we drive, and I see him in his car, and we block his car. And I get out. And I go, you're Daryl Evans. And he goes, yeah. And I go, oh my god, I like you know, I, I idolized the Giants. Like you were on the Giants, blah blah blah. And he was like so sweet. But it turns out, like it happened. This is the circle of life. Uh, you know, it's like all the people that I was watching are now old enough that they're watching Fox. <laughs> how does it? How does it make you feel that Daryl Evans? Four, I think 414 career homers. You can fact check me on that. I mean, a very under, very underrated player. Yes, he's, yeah. He's actually borderline Hall of Fame in terms yeah. of his. His statistics. Uh, Daryl Evans shows up at an event and brings you signed baseball cards of himself. Exactly. I mean, that's that's like that's like being in second grade and the pretty girl gives you a Valentine. I know. You know. Well, I was I was floored and I was so glad that I opened up that envelope because I then when I when it immediately clicked, I go, of course that's Daryl Evans, and I, I was I was probably in Texas. Wherever he's retired, and and, um, and you know, and then we just had this long conversation about, and I, I I was talking much like I talked to you, just babbling about how great that era was and this and that, and he was very taciturn and just very happy. And he says, "I really like what you do on the on on the five. I watch every day, blah blah blah." This happens though, because I get a lot of these older guys that are watching. Every now and then they'll email me. They'll be oh, it'll always be from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I also got a, I, I got, I got like a great autographed uh, team photo of the Oakland Raiders from their uh, their uh, equipment staff who are big fans. And then one of them sent me an autographed picture of Mark Van Egan. <laughs> I'm like, God, I think they appreciated that I knew who Mark Van Egan was. But um, listen, I, you know, it, 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 white running backs for two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, just, yeah. The 70s, you, know, you still had a few white guys at running back that were, you know, running for a thousand yards. Van Egan was an underrated guy. Really underrated, just a bull, you know, just like put his shoulder down and went. And uh, that whole I, that whole team was just something else. I actually the Oak, like the Bay Area, what you had the Oakland A's, where Billy Martin made every single pitcher pitch complete games and just basically destroyed them. We we I texted you about Brian Kingman, like he was the is he the only guy to win and lose twenty games. Right, like- he actually. I looked that up after we had that exchange. He never won more than eight. Oh seconds. wow! <laughs> so I'm sure that Brian. I'm sure that your memory is yes. one that Brian hopes that other people have as well. Uh, well, I've I so obviously I've just used you for uh, 25 minutes to uh, talk about my 
terrible memories of the 70s, but it's a special time. Uh, and my last thing was, I was aren't you should be thinking about making this into some kind of book. I bet there's a book on the 70s, but I doubt there's a book about this. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it would be harder to get the the, the visuals for the book, but I think it would, I, it would be a book that a lot of people would buy. That's you my know, idea. From, from your lips, from your lips to God's ears, uh, <laughs> because I because I agree with you. I think we got a best selling coffee table book here. So, yes. Uh, yeah. I just I've just got to get the the right partner for that project. But yeah, I've got I've got so many people who tell me, you know, my brother, my friend, they're not on Twitter, but. I screenshot your stuff, yeah. I text it to them, and, and they love it. So, you know, it's one of those things where to, to, to be able to kind of expand beyond Twitter and, and get some of this content into the hands of uh, old fogies like us that maybe yeah. aren't as technologically inclined would, would be a lot of fun. <laughs> that is so sad. You know, you'd have so many more fans if they knew how to turn on a c- computer is what you just <laughs> yes. said. But it's true. Yeah, I mean, sadly, it's like – it's a- my core demographic <laughs> is Luddites. Yes, you know? yeah. No, it's true because I have uh, – I. I'll talk to people that are fans, and I'll just go. Oh, you just go over and go, no, nah, I don't. I don't do that. I just, uh, I just watch you on TV. That's all I do. And uh, you don't give me any of that. I don't need. I and, or else they go. Yeah, I saw. I got your book at the library. Like I've had people who don't even buy my book. They go to the library, and the book still has that cellophane cover on it. You know, I go and I actually appreciate it, but it's like I haven't seen. It's like to see my book with a cellophane cover. It's like wonderful and heartbreaking. <laughs> You know? Well, you know, but but what's more super 70s than that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, listen, buddy, uh, Ricky, it was a great talking to you. And if people are on Twitter, want a fun follow that doesn't upset you politically or destroy you spiritually or make you a shut in socially, uh, go to uh, hit, the Twitter account is at, so, at Super 70s Sports. And I'll, when I tweeted on uh, Twitter today, I'll have the link there as well so you can find it there. Uh, Ricky, great talking to you. I hope you found a parking space. <laughs> I found one. No, no more dinging uh, bells for the duration of the podcast. So I feel like that was a victory. Greg, thank you so much for having me on. You got it. It, it was a blast. My pleasure, buddy. Talk to you again. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.